Hey y'all, this is Liam. And it's Jen. And we're so glad you've joined us for an episode of the limited podcast series, Unlimited Time Magic with Jen and Liam. A place where we have honest, raw, unhinged, usually sober conversations about Disney, travel, and just life. Now, I know you're a little spooked, you're a little scared, but don't be afraid to follow us on Instagram at at Unlimited Time Magic. And you know what would really help? Go ahead and give us a rating on the Apple Podcast app if you like what you hear. If you don't like it, don't worry. You've got a busy life. No reason to take the time. But if you love it, go ahead and go on there. Give us a rating. It helps us a lot. Now sit down, buckle your seatbelts, put your arms up and relax. Oh, and y'all, if you've been ever afraid that the magic is like dead inside, remember that the magic's you. Enjoy the episode, y'all. Happy Gay Month! Happy Gay Month! This is the month where we can all be gay! Is that how it works? No, I think I have that wrong. We love an ally? Uh, welcome, (laughs) welcome to Disney Gay Days with me, Liam Munn. And me, Jen! Okay, so Liam, before we even get into it, I know this is a little much. But you know how I feel about pride. I I don't, I understand this month is not for me. I get it. Sure. I maybe wish it were for me. I get it's not for me. However. The way your husband feels about everything. Keep going. I know. But word of wise for for allies. Okay. This is what I'm going to do. Go for it. Go for it. If you are an ally, here is your job this month. Number one. Be registered to vote and talk to your lawmakers. Make your voice known. Rights are under assault. And as we know, gay rights are human rights. So that is your number one way you celebrate pride. Great. Can you co-sign on that? Yeah, I'll co-sign. And I'm here with an actual gay person. (laughs) So-called. Okay. Number two. Are we ready? Yep. Um, the thing you do is you can give money to uh, causes that do good work for LGBTQ plus human beings. So we will list some of our favorites. We haven't really discussed it in advance, but I'm sure Trevor Project will be on there, um, whoever we decide once we have an actual meeting about it. Okay. Number three, your job is to wear so much pride merch in public that people assume you're gay. Done. I love that. Is that and that's the Jen LaForge TM way of gay living. Gay living with Jen LaForge. We for sure want to recognize that pride is about the gay community. It is theirs to celebrate. We do not want to. What's that word of what we're not supposed to do? Um, appropriate, right? Yes. Like we don't. Right. We're not doing that. I think that's what I'm really interested in as a gay person is equitability and fairness not only for gay people but for of course uh trans non-binary people for uh and of course the black and brown community uh, black and brown community because without their support we especially within the 70s we would not have gotten to the place we have gotten to without them and uh so it's all kind of within this uh, envelope of um keeping keeping the playing field fair for everybody and continuing to work and dismantle why it's supremacy welcome to this week's episode of unlimited time magic y'all we've got two more after this and then season one is complete it is full of mcu realness complete in its trifecta um i'm 
I'm just thrilled. I'm so thrilled. What an unexpected journey. Uh, I We are going to have a whole season one finale week of joyful celebration that we kind of oh, had like oh, the first oh, episode. Oh, but. Can we do it? You know how like really good sitcoms always have an unexpected musical episode and then you find out that like people on the sitcom that you didn't even know could sing, um, you know, um, was it Moonlighting that did that the first time? And it's like this whole full on musical thing. Do we have time to do that? Sure, but everyone will go, why it's every musical, every episode is a musical yeah. episode. Wait, 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 what's the line? It's a glorious three hour finale. It's a glorious three hour finale. <laughs> you got a minute and a half. <laughs> That's my favorite. It's not the line, but is response. You got a minute and a half. <laughs> it's so good. Yeah. I so, so that's it. So we're gonna try to we'll throw something together for y'all. Oh, it's It'll gonna be, be great. Real special. Real spicy. Jen, this week has been what's the word? Tumultuous. Mm. So, as a few of you know, Jen LaForge had the Coco Roro, mm -hmm. and Jen was like, and I that week she was here. Oh, it's funny you become prideful until it becomes uncomfortable. Interesting. I know. <laughs> Well, you know what you could do now if you're i hate ears oh is that uh, a hot topic actual, actual ears no this was Hurt. actual disney merch but actual old school ears are not they're not, not the most comfortable thing to wear nope. in the world so jen was here and i had a cold and i said okay this was halfway not even halfway she was like a day away from finishing her trip and i said we were supposed to meet up but i was like i really don't want to get you sick even if it's a cold or god forbid it's covid and jen was like lol um and i was like cool and so i stayed home took covid test the entire week was negative jen however was feeling like you were feeling icky and then by the time you got home she had covid so I, I tested by the way just so people she know tested that i there. was above board when i wasn't feeling great i did have a headache i tested i was negative so right. i had absolutely no reason to believe that that's what was going on i didn't Correct. test positive until i got home um and then two days go by and i'm starting to feel but i'm like great 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 and then i got a cold again and i said oh this is covid it has to be covid i have taken four tests this week jen i feel so much better still not covid i just have colds well, guess what? I have news for you because this is quickly and every month that Liam gets older we're gonna, and I get older, we're going to turn this into a medical show where all we do is talk about how we feel. <laughs> it's going to be thrilling. Y'all This, love this it. time my elbow joint is st <laughs> still needs a little more grease. My sciatica is driving my sciatica. bonkers. Okay. Jeez. So guess who finally tested negative? This guy. This you. girl. I tested negative. I was pretty excited. It took I, me forever to test negative for COVID. It took me a minute. It took me two, over two weeks to test negative. And so That's this is crazy. me. Like, I'm still wearing a mask, obviously, outdoors everywhere while I was testing positive, even though, according to the Center for Disease Control, I was completely okay after 10 days. But I'm like, okay, but riddle me this. It, and we don't want to turn into a big COVID discussion, but... If you're still testing positive, to me, that means that you're like mucusy things are still have active virus yeah. in them. So I'm like, I'm still gonna, Out of you know, precaution. I, we well, understand and I totally isolated for the 10 days, even right. though the CDC says five, right? I did 10. Let's be real, though. Can we be real? Sure. Let's talk about why did I really do 10? Because I don't like leaving my house if I don't have to anyway. So right. having a nice big excuse to not leave my house, not the worst thing. And it was a great week at work. Uh, I 
I, I to, I'm not going to, I don't like to speak specifically about guest interactions on the show purely because they, there's some level of sacredness and respect within that, or at least I hold it with a lot of respect. And I also want to keep work lines really, really, you know, drawn because, you know, these are two jobs that I love doing this podcast and also working for Disney. Um, but I will say I shared the personal stories with Jen this week of some particular moments that happened at work especially with guests with disabilities. I feel very strongly about equitability for guests with disabilities, uh, ranging on the autism spectrum scale, um, all the way to, you know, um, guests in wheelchairs. I, I, I feel very passionately about sticking up for them. Not like Disney would ever be discouraging against them, but I'm saying that like in the moment, it could be really hard in a fast paced environment to literally like ignore those, not requests, but do you know what I'm saying? Ignore- yeah. <gasps> those needs and I and I make sure and I had a lot of incredible moments that reminded me why I was a cast member this week and I yeah and when stuff. you when you share those stories with me like it it instills my faith in Disney even more because you know for a while there I was starting to feel like cast members weren't really like that anymore like I knew they still went through the training and all the things but right. I, I would just those interactions were so few and far between um and guess what idea I just had that I think is brilliant. What's there name? is a um, YouTube channel. Um, oh, yes. I think it's called the what a, what a, uh, we can maybe you can look it up while I'm talking. It's like making lemonade or what their what their um, name of their YouTube channel is. Anyway, I bet if I reached out to her, um, we could maybe if we decide to do a season two, which who knows what we're going to do, but they just got back from Disney and she has such great insights, particularly about people with disabilities who travel to Disney. I would love to get her on the show just to I talk about the experience um, like she shared in a video they just put up about the buses and about how every bus only has two wheelchair spots. So right. when they're at a particular resort like Old Key West, they have to make sure that they are one of the first people picked up. Like they'll have to go to a different bus stop because otherwise they, they won't they won't get on and they'll have to wait at least three cycles. So they get on and then they travel around the entire resort to ensure that he can get a spot and just things that is a regular guest even if you are not someone who has a disability to make you more courteous and mindful of what that experience is like for guests with a wide, wide variety of um, nice. challenges and disabilities. So yeah, that's, and, and you saying that I was like even more motivated. I was like, we got to talk about getting them on and, and talking about that because it's huge right. and you see it every single day. I a hundred percent love that. And it was just an incredible week. Uh, filled with great, great memories and a lot of work. And I'm you know? getting comments now. I'm getting comments from my viewers that are like, oh my gosh, Liam did the greatest thing for us. Oh my gosh, we saw Liam and blah, blah, blah. Like you are you are becoming quite popular there um, in the mountain at Everest. So it's, it's an incredible opportunity. And I have, I, especially when I open for some reason, when I walk through DAC at five in the morning uh, by myself and... I say good morning to a few security guards and cleaners and things because I was like, they don't talk to anybody. Like, I need to say good morning. And yeah. um, I'm incredible moments of gratefulness and thankfulness in my life right now. And um, I'm. it's cool that I'm coming into my own of realizing the things that I thought were just givens to be good at the job were actually talents and that I'm quite good at what I do. Yep. And uh, so it's a very cool, what seems to be the beginning of a journey. Who's to say what happens tomorrow? Well, but... I, it's no joke that you're 
wildly overqualified for the job you're currently doing. But I love that you are using this as a, a space to figure out what happens next. Hey, how was All your right. week? What was up with your week? Oh, gosh. Anything um, good? Anything good? Oh, foster dogs are continuing to be great. In fact, I was almost late to this recording because we have a family, oh, fingers crossed, that might be adopting the foster dogs. And so many of you have said, you know, why don't you just keep them, blah, blah, blah. And let me tell you, I feel very strongly that there's a very spiritual component to dogs and where they end up. It's a very big deal to me. Right. And as up to today, I have not felt that we are their landing spot. I am always open to that changing, but I think anyone who fosters animals, um, you have to have that mindset that my job right now is to train them to becoming the best dogs they can be for their forever family. And not only that, it's a massive commitment. Adopting an animal, any animal, for us always is a lifelong commitment, the life of that animal. And these guys are six years old. They just turned six. So that there's a lot of years left for them. And I want them to be in the best possible situation for them. So although I appreciate everyone saying, how can you let them go? I can let them go because I know that there is a home for them that is probably not ours. Isn't that a beautiful thing when you know the, the best thing for a relationship is it to end. Yeah, that's I right. I feel like and that's good for any relationship. Like, not only dogs, but it's like, how much time and effort have we spent in relationships that are not rewarding? Well, and you also need to always remember that not every relationship, a successful relationship doesn't mean that it didn't end. Like, in, in other words, you can have a successful relationship and that relationship ended. How was it successful if it ended? Well... Did you learn about yourself? Did the other person learn about themselves? Do you feel like you, maybe you made some mistakes. Maybe they made some mistakes. Maybe you learned things that you never want to do again, right? There There's is, always benefit. There is strength to moving on. Yes, 100%. And there is strength. I am learning this right now in my present status in therapy and journaling. Yep. There is status, there is power, there is resilience in not knowing. That's right. Because that is where the blessings lay. That's right. And you have to hold everything. What do I, what's my weird metaphor? I always say, don't always, always hold the acorn. Always, always with me in the butterfly. So hold a butterfly loosely. If you squeeze your hand too tight around a butterfly, you're going to kill the poor thing, but you want to hold on to it loosely and understand that when it's time for it to go, it's time for it to go. So I there you, you go. I thought your words of wisdom were about holding your tax money. No. Oh no. That's about you giving me money. That's where you got confused. Oh, there you go. So hey, I, are we gonna? Do I, so we, do I keep we this receipt for you? <laughs> yeah. Do you know what, what? I want to do this week? No what, question Liam? of the week. Jen and I are gonna do a dual takeover, as if I don't always take it over. But I'm gonna give Jen the login, and it's she's gonna hate her life. But her and I will do a 24-hour uh, like questions, and we'll go back and forth on our Instagram. Oh, all right, that's fine. Um, this week's Happy episode. Pride. This week's episode is with the incredible Kelsey, right? I'm not. Yep. Okay. Nope. You incredible, are right. It is Kelsey. 
Incredible, Kelsey. Uh, we're going to talk about some Disney stuff, some Disney mental health stuff. You know all the usual. And we're going to talk about the basics of starting therapy. Hey, guys. Um, it's me, Jen. Are you loving this episode of Unlimited Time Magic? I totally agree with you. It's great, but it could use just a little something. And you can provide that little bit of help that we need to make these podcasts the best that they can be. Just go ahead and head over to our tip jar. Remember, a little goes a long way in helping us produce better episodes for you. Links can be found down in the description or in our link tree on Instagram. See you on Main Street. Jen, what were you doing? Jen, you ruined the shot. I know. I put my ears back on is what I did because my, my I was feeling like my my enthusiasm was being questioned and we can never have that. No, so, she's just okay. she just loves Muppet Vision. I do. 3D! Big fan. Oh, oh, oh no, I got Swedish Chef. No, no my favorite is the, um, that needs to be a whole episode. How the, how's the film going, Swedish Chef? The film is going to slurmy, slurmy. <laughs> Just like this episode with our guest, Kelsey. It's Kelsey. All right. So let me do Kelsey's intro. <laughs> Kelsey is an incredible therapist. Um, she and I met because she's actually one of my patrons. Um, Kelsey, how long have you been in practice as a licensed clinical therapist? So I've been a licensed clinical therapist for six years. Um, and before that, I had two years of practicum work. And so, you know, unlicensed, you know, they just kind of let you do what you want to do as a student, which is I fun, you know. Yeah. Uh, but I, so as a licensed therapist about six years and tell us, um, first of all, I already know your story. It's why I was so excited when you offered to come oh. on because, well, Liam and I say, if you did a drinking game for this podcast, it'd be a really great drinking game. Every time we say we are not licensed therapists, because yes. we, we dole out a lot of words that have been fed to us by our therapists. And oh. so we're yeah. always like, we are, we are maybe professional therapy goers, if that's a thing, but I am too. I, me too. No, I was just saying we, we use this podcast as a place of community, a place of journaling. Uh, we always add like disclaimers and trigger warnings just because we don't know what one trigger might be someone else's like hate sweet haven of words and wisdom. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So we would, we, we love for this to be a safe space, but that includes, yeah. we're, not, we're not, we're professionals. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I, also I'm here. I'm so it's great. She is. Yes. <laughs> so now we can say whatever we want. <laughs> so it it was kind of funny because she reached out like after the very first podcast and was like, "Hey, y'all say that a lot. If you ever want an actual therapist to come on the show, I'd be happy." To I do love this so much. Yeah. It it yeah. all makes me very happy. But we want to hear from you in this first part. Tell us like why you wanted to become a therapist and just a little bit about your story and the kind of therapy that you do now? Oh, that's such a loaded question to ask a therapist why they became a therapist. Why do like, you think it's a loaded question? Well, ooh, that's a good question, Jen. The student has become the master. Um, so so I, think, I think there's like uh, the, if I'm being honest with myself, I'm a therapist and, or I'm a reason why I'm a therapist. And then the actual story you know, if I'm being honest with myself, I think all therapists, we get something out of this, right? This comes from our own healing, our own trauma work, our own pain, 
you know, being any sort of healthcare or caregiver position professionally means that like, you know, we're, we're healing just as much as our clients are by doing the healing work. Um, and there's actually like double healing in therapy. So if I'm being honest with myself, being a therapist is part of my own healing journey. Um, and like, you know, we all have an ego. And of course, as a therapist, it's like, it's nice to be somebody's therapist. And it feels good. And it strokes the ego. And if I'm being honest with myself, that's part of it. Um, the other part is, I mean, I, I've been thinking about how how far back do I really want to go with this story? And I think it would actually be really helpful to tell kind of the full, the full breadth of Please. how I got here. Yes. So I grew up outside of Phoenix and, and I think Jenny and I talked about that at a suburb of Phoenix. And I grew up in a really conservative denomination that didn't really allow women to be in leadership and when I was in high school, I was like, man, I really feel like called to go into full-time ministry, to be a pastor. And, and I couldn't as a woman be a pastor. So I was like, all right, well, what else can I do that's within the church that's within full-time ministry? And my own pastor was like, well, because you're a woman, you can't really have the title of being a pastor, but there's this, um, for all intents and purposes, it's a position that's like a youth pastor. Um, the, the like title is director of Christian education. And so by the way, for those of you who have never worked in Christian circles, what, how churches would get around this. Um, and if you don't know my background, I was the first woman ordained in our church as a pastor. Um, and Kelsey does not work in the church anymore Mm -hmm. at all. In fact, Mm -hmm. I don't want to say quite the opposite because that's not what I mean, but she Uh, actually the opposite. Quite the opposite kind of works. <laughs> no, you're right. <laughs> kind of the opposite. Um, yeah. Director is a word they give women and they do the same yeah. job, but yeah. by calling them a director, they don't get a tax allowance and they pay yeah. them less money. Yeah. So it's, it's a yeah. very um, discriminatory, awful little it's secret terrible. that yeah. churches don't talk about. Gross. Well, and because it's a religious yeah. organization, they can kind of get away with anything. Yes. And so it's, it's, when you're, you know, in adolescence, when you're a teenager and you're trying to figure out what do I want to do for the rest of my life, I really felt like I wanted to help people. I wanted to go into full-time ministry. And that was something that was really kind of like the burning of the bosom. Right. And so I, so I ended up going to an undergrad or did my undergrad in Christian education, which is like the title or the the degree that you get to, to be a director of Christian education. And I, I, I really liked my classes. I mean, I'm what, how old are you when you go to school? 18, 19 years old. You're so young yeah. and I'm trying to figure out what I want to do. Um, and I got a minor in psychology because I was like, oh, psychology is just fascinating. I think it's really interesting how the mind works. And I was like, well, you know, I'll tuck that away. And I went into full-time ministry. It was a a youth pastor for about three years. They sent me to this church in Northern California. And in, in that environment, being a woman, being a young woman, the only woman on staff, the only one who is kind of in this leadership position was really difficult. It was really hard. And I wasn't even sure if I wanted to continue to be in youth ministry and um, I ended up experiencing my own spiritual trauma and abuse within this context 
and ended up leaving. It was sort of one of those situations where the only option that you have is to leave. And mm. I, Jen, you might know this, but when you're in full-time ministry, it's not just a paycheck. It's not like, hey, I'm getting a salary and this is my job. It's such an enigma. Your, your social life is within this community. Your yes. spiritual life is within this community. Well, and it, it yeah, really everything. is, is uh, you know, we want to be careful with words because words are important, but it is a very cultish view of the world. And you, a lot is said, and, and other employers will do this as well, right? They'll talk about you being family. And oh, I always yeah. hated that because you can't fire family. And right. whenever people are yeah. separated from a church, you're not just having them leave their job. They're leaving their entire social construct, yes. their entire all of their friends are there. All of their social life is there. It's where they worship. It's where they, most of us got married. It's where yeah. we buried oh, yeah. people we love. And so leaving that is, is so much harder than just leaving a job, especially when, and it, as was the case with both you and I, it's not good. No. Um, there's, there's a huge problem there, which could be its own podcast episode. So we won't dwell on that too but much. It's awesome. and, but in fact, yeah. But, but you're talking about identity. Like you're yeah, talking exactly. about totally. Things. I mean, I'm going through my own kind of awakening at the moment through my own therapy that I'm like, cool, who am I besides the thing I things I label myself as? Yeah. Yes. So I feel like a big part of that, not even talking about personal experience and personal trauma of events, we're talking mm-hmm. the spiritual and emotional life of what you're going through. Like, yeah. how much do you identify with the things that you're doing and the people that you're social yeah. with? And there's no boundaries. There's no boundaries between my, there was no boundaries between my children and, and all of, I mean, it was all within the same thing. So continue with the story, Kelsey, because I think that's an important part that people might not get if they've never worked in ministry before. I totally agree. And anybody who's left ministry before they understand it really is an identity piece of, okay, what now? And so at the time I was oh my goodness, I was 23 and 24 years old and was like, I quarter life crisis. That was a real thing of what is my identity? I, this is right when the recession hit. And so trying to get another youth pastor position at a different church or different uh, denomination was so difficult. It was really hard. And I really floundered and I ended up uh, moving back home living with my parents, you know, kind of the prodigal daughter. And it was, that was sort of the the first time in my life looking back where I was like, I was really in a deep depression and people around me who were closest to me, my parents would often say, you should talk to somebody. You should really see a therapist. You should see a counselor. And at the time I kind of poo-pooed it you know, I never really been in therapy before. And I was like, no, that's not, I'm fine. I ended up landing in like a, a big evangelical non-denominational church outside of Phoenix. And it was very much like, I just need to be more faithful. I need to pray more. Like I kind of solved my own depression with faith and spirituality. And I, it was, it was unhelpful and ineffective. You were, you tried to work your way out oh, of depression. Totally. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. 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 And that's I, what you I, do. I hear that. That's what you do, right? Because that's what you're told that mm-hmm. it, it, and what it really, what you're doing 
is you're victim shaming yourself. Or as Liam is is fond of telling me, I'm gaslighting myself, right? You're telling yourself because if you can do something through hard work to fix it, that means you did something wrong in the first place to cause it, right? Exactly. And so when you double down on being faithful, a faithful disciple to you know, make sure that I can maybe change the way that I'm feeling when really it's, I mean, there was, there was no amount of prayer that was going to change the way that I was feeling. Right. Um, and so I, I really floundered for a couple of years. And when you're coming out of full-time ministry and that's all that you've done, I had no sort of skills. I didn't know how to enter into the workplace. I ended up as a, like a Starbucks barista for a while. And some, hoot, hoot. I mean, I think we've all been there. I love, I love working for Starbucks. It's uh, so it's, you know, I was a Starbucks barista for a while and some lady came in and offered me a job in customer service. I was like, yeah, I could do that. And in customer service, they're like, oh, you have a degree in education. Why don't you be a corporate trainer? And I was like, okay, I can do that. And I ended up working in the same building as Yelp. And I was talking to some people on the elevator and they're kind of telling me about their job and marketing and advertising. I was like, I can do that. And so I interviewed and they, they offered me the job and I said, yeah, I can do that. And so there's sort of a couple years there of just saying, yeah, I can do that. A lot of little yeses. And I, so I'm working at this job at Yelp and doing marketing and advertising. And I really hated it. I, I hated talking to businesses about money and revenue and ROI and SEO and, you know, what are they doing with their marketing and, and all this stuff. And I hated that all the conversations that I was having with my coworkers was about money and stock options and salary. And it's like, this is just not what I want to do. And I was still, I was still going to this evangelical church and kind of came to this, this place of, well, I still feel called to be a pastor. And I talked to some friends. They're like, well, you know, because, because you're a woman, you really should get your master of divinity. And so I, I kind of landed into being a therapist. I initially went to grad school to get a master of divinity. Um, I was like, I want to go to this school in Seattle. It's called the Seattle School of Theology and Psychology. It's kind of this intersection of theology and psychology and uh, culture and art. And I'm like, oh, I can do that. Again, one of those moments of, yeah, I can do that. And so I packed up my tiny little Chevy Spark with as much stuff as I could. Your Chevy Spark. My Chevy Spark, tiny little car. And I drove all by myself. One box. One box. You know, went to Ikea, bought all the things. Um, yes. you know, and I, I moved to Seattle. I moved myself up to Seattle. Didn't know anybody. It was the bravest thing I'd ever done. Period. And it was amazing. It was amazing. And so I'm, you know, I start this program, master of divinity. I'm going to be a pastor. And at the same time, I started reading this book called Jesus Feminist. By oh, Sarah Bessie. Oh, I love it. Love Sarah Bessie. She's amazing. She's incredible. If you're someone who is struggling uh, with like the intersectionality of, okay, I still identify as a Christian, but Mm -hmm. I don't believe any of these things. And you think it's incongruous with your faith. It is not. You've been sold a bill of goods. And Sarah Bessie is a fabulous uh, writer to start with. She's Canadian too, which, you know. She's so nice. I'm going to put a book (laughs) cover here. I love it. Yes. There it is. See, there you go. 
Uh, and Jesus feminist is it, you're right. It's all of this deconstructing what I was told, and especially being a woman in a very conservative denomination growing up, I needed this book. So I'm reading this book. I just moved to Seattle and I really started to ask these big theological questions of like, uh, heaven and hell and sin. And what do I believe about God? And what do I actually believe about all these things that I was told throughout my life? And at the end of my first term, uh, I was like, uh, I I don't think I can call myself a Christian anymore. So I probably shouldn't be a pastor. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so it's it's like being an Uber driver without your license. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> probably not a good idea. Or maybe a therapist with other license. Yeah. Um, she's yeah. just a therapist. <laughs> it's like calling a podcast therapy. Exactly. It's not the same thing. Within me all along that I just wanted to help people. And I yeah. wanted to sort of guide them on their own journey of exploration. And so, you know, I finished the school and became a therapist. And now um, that I'm in, I, I do, I work for a group practice in Seattle. Um, I'm part of like a collective of therapists called Self Space. And it, I, the work that I get to do is deeply informed by my own experiences and so now I specialize with working with women who've experienced spiritual trauma and abuse because I am a woman who has experienced spiritual trauma and abuse. Yep. And I work within the, the world of the feminine um, around anxiety and depression and all the things that I've also experienced. And it so, informs the work that I do. I'm your story is so inspiring in so, cool. so many different ways. And I love that as we've been doing this podcast, um, Liam, isn't it a little crazy how similar some of her stories are to when we talked to Jen last week? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Well, right. You know, as far as like just saying yes to things and not really knowing when you say yes, yeah. how that is going to, what the end result is going to be, because you couldn't possibly, you couldn't have written that no. story. No. Um, and I think that anybody who is now an adult and happy and content with their lives has this circuitous path yeah. and we're, we're sold this bill of goods. And Liam, correct me if I'm wrong, because you're way younger than me, but that says that you're going to go to school and you're going to do this, this, and this, and then you're going to get here. And it doesn't yes. work that way. Yeah. Nope. And it's not fulfilling. What I found so poignant about your journey is you being back into school and questioning religion, your relationship to religion, oh, yeah. and how f so many people, including myself in certain parts of my life, find questioning to be a sign of weakness. Yeah. Anything strong enough to withstand your life can withstand questioning. Yeah. Oh, right. totally. A lot of people think that, you know, you have this faith. And the opposite of faith is doubt, but really the opposite of faith is certainty. When oh my God. <laughs> oh my God. I responded to our own podcast. <laughs> that's crazy, but you're right. And, and in therapy, that's what we call an awakening. <laughs> oh, there it is. There's some insight for you. <laughs> Great. I won't charge you for that one. What Le what just happened with Liam? What Jen just took Liam through? <laughs> it was great. Such a great is, thing. Is a lot of what a lot of us experience in therapy when we yeah. go and we listen and we hear. And Kelsey, the reason I really wanted to have you on was because the one 
we always get tons of questions about therapy. I've been getting them on my YouTube channel forever. And I think people have this movie TV idea of what therapy is that they even like the old school that they lay down on a couch that they're going (laughs) to be. um, I think a lot of women, especially are fearful of being manipulated by a therapist, which by the way, does happen. So I want to give a disclaimer here. Um, And I want to get into a little bit with you, like what to do when you're just not clicking with a therapist, but let's start with some basics. Um, And I want to start with the biggest question that Liam and I have gotten in our podcast. The biggest question I receive on my YouTube videos about this, what are signs that people should be looking for that are saying to them, it is time to seek out the help of a professional? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, for every person, it's going to be different. You know, when you are in an emotional or mental place that's starting to impact just kind of daily living. So maybe you're having a hard time sleeping. Maybe your appetite has changed where you're just not eating at all because you're so anxious. Or maybe you're taking extra naps during the day because you're struggling with depression and just things don't feel the same. Things kind of feel blah. Um, so anytime things just start to get in the way of yeah, everyday living, I think that's a good place to start. I think every client that I, that I see, one of the things that I ask them is, you know, what, what brought you here? And for every person that's, that sort of like final straw that broke the camel's back, um, is going to be different. So for some people it's, I couldn't stop crying. For some people, it's, I just, I could not sleep at night. I had these racing thoughts and all these intrusive thoughts. And then it kind of got scary, the things that I was thinking. And so then I wanted to go to therapy. Honestly, the, I think the biggest number one sign for you to go to therapy is if the people that love you, that are around you are telling you, you should go to therapy, you should go to therapy. Mm. So if you have people in your life who are saying, maybe you should talk to somebody about that. Uh, you should listen to them or if somebody, and they kind of do it in sneaky ways because you never really want to tell somebody you need to see a therapist, but they'll say things like, I read this book by Brene Brown. I think you would like it. (laughs) Or they'll be like, have you ever talked to anybody about this? Like there's these soft sort of ways that people say you need to see a therapist without actually saying you need to see it. But I say it all the time. You deserve better. Oh, yeah. Oh, you're such a good friend, Liam. You're such a good person to explicitly say that. But like the reason that I say it is because I felt it. I've talked to Jen about it. I've talked to so many people about it. I am a child of low-key trauma. And I it was like I'm not that long ago. It was like three and a half, four months ago. I was in counseling for a few months prior prior to that. And I finally was like I I use the glasses analogy all the time of me basically being like, yo, I didn't realize that my way of living was an anxious way of living. I know no other ground. So it's like, I deserve better. And having that realization and to realization into action sure takes a lot of courage and loyalty to your own self. But like it, I want other people to experience that. That's why I love doing this show so much that it's not therapy, but if it gives, I I get emotional thinking about how many people message us being like, I took your show as a sign to finally leave my job. Oh, oh, I love We got that message last week and I was like, and I sent it to Jen and Jen was like, that's crazy. Not surprising, but crazy. 
Well, and Kelsey knows because I think there's a huge um, crossover between people that are huge, huge Disney fans and who use it to numb and escape from a life that they are really not happy with. And they're either not happy with it because they have unresolved trauma um, or they're not happy with it because just the circumstances, they hate their jobs. They hate the home they live in. They're, they're not with the right person, all of these various things. So I think we've kind of hit on this funny thing because it's like, wait a minute, why do so many Disney fans also probably need therapy? (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah. And you know, I am all about like escaping isn't inherently bad, but just know what you're doing and do it well. So like, if you're going to escape, be super intentional about it. Say, you know, I really want to escape with a glass of wine at the end of the day. Great. Go out and buy the most amazing, expensive bottle of wine that you've ever had. That's just going to be delicious. Pour that glass of wine, savor it, sip it, like really lean into it. Like there's nothing wrong with escaping. I think we use escapism to numb instead of really dealing with the issue. And so, you know, awareness is everything. And so if I'm able to say, you know, I really am having a hard time with life. I really want to escape. I'm going to plan this trip to Disney and I'm going to do it well, then like do it well and know what you're doing. But you're right, Jen. So many people don't realize, oh, I'm, I'm watching my 50th hour of Jen LaForge or, you know, Disney food blogger, I'm spending millions of dollars on DVC every year. Um, and I, I don't know why I'm doing it. I just know that I'm unhappy and I'm hoping that this will make me feel happy. And we're going to get into the financial aspect of counseling in a minute, because we would be remiss not to talk about that. But it always does amaze me when I would hear from people, when I would talk about therapy that would in one breath, tell me that they just got back from two weeks at the Grand Floridian. And then the next breath, tell me that they couldn't afford to go to therapy. And I'm like, okay, um, I think, I think we need to figure out what our priorities are here. So, and so you're right. It's why am I spending all this money on Disney or whatever that escaping is when we don't really have the insight in ourselves to be able to know what's actually happening inside me, what's happening in, in my world. That's making me want to escape. And on top of it, what, and I, I again, realize this through my own therapy, what modes have our brain pathways have our brains created in order to survive we're in survival mode it's very rare we're not we're humans so i feel i felt that some of the things that i was given by natural you know i don't know photosynthesis just because of my parents that it's like we are given some amount of trauma whether good or bad like there is good trauma and there's bad trauma you know cassiopeia please stop Cassie's going to choke you. If you're not watching on YouTube, you're missing the cat tale about choke. Oh, sweet kitty. Yeah. And you don't, you don't know, um, you don't know what you don't know. And if you don't, haven't had any experience in, in healthy coping, you think you're perfectly normal in the way that you do things. And one of my favorite parts about therapy, and for those of you that have never been to therapy, listening to this, and I hope that there are a lot of you that have never been to therapy, that would be a huge win for me. If you're listening to this, you've never been. And by the time you're done, you feel more comfortable going. Um, one of my favorite moments is when my therapist will look at me and I can tell that whatever I have just said is, is bat something crazy. (laughs) And I think it's perfectly normal. (laughs) 
You go to Disney with a 25-year-old gay man and pretend well, to be well, married? And, and, oh, now you stop with that. That's probably the most normal thing that I do. But she has this, it's kind of a tell. And 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 she does it. Obviously, she's professional, right, Kelsey? Like, she would never, like, clutch her pearls. But I can see it in her eyes when I say something. And then I'm like, oh, yeah, that's that's not normal, is it? Oh, shoot. Okay. Oh, I'll get him next time. <laughs> Oh, she, I did one of these that. Days. One of these yeah. days. I think I told you this, Kelsey, on our first conversation that my ther- my very first therapist t- over 20 years ago said to me, you know, Jen, the goal is not to get an A plus in therapy. Uh, yeah. I have clients like that. And I'm telling them uh, there's no homework. There's no test. You're not graded on anything. And I think for people who are used to being high performers and, and for producing high quality, whatever, like they're used to getting good grades. They're used to being successful in their career. They want that validation. Like I want it. I want to know that I'm good. I want to know that I'm okay. Scott would always say, how did therapy go? And I would always jokingly say, I nailed it. (laughs) Okay. So let's move into the practicality of it because I think everybody talks about, you should go to therapy. You should go to therapy. Okay, but literally as a person who loves logistics, what does when I show up at your office and it's my first time, what does that actually look like? Um every every therapist and every agency, every group practice is going to look different based off of the kind of therapy it is. And this that's actually something that people don't realize is there are so many different ways to do therapy. There's, there's therapy that's very like behavioral where, you know, I want to quit smoking or I want to stop washing my hands a million times a day because I'm scared that if I don't, I'm going to get sick. Um, that sort of type of therapy is called behavioral therapy. So it could either be cognitive behavioral therapy or dialectical behavioral therapy. So it's all about behavior. So if you see a therapist that's a behavioral therapist, somebody who does those types of therapy, your first session might look really structured. Maybe they'll give you an assessment and ask you a bunch of questions about your life and things that are going on. You might even like rate yourself on a spreadsheet or not a spreadsheet. What's a spreadsheet? That's Excel. No, you're not going to yeah, do that. Not, not a spreadsheet. No, yeah. No, not a spreadsheet. <laughs> you're going to give yourself a bar graph of how unhealthy yeah, yeah, you are. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> We're going to statistically analyze you. Show me what to no. start. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to, you're going to do a scale. So basically like right. this, this. An assessment. Piece. I think an assessment. assessment. Yeah. Yes. An assessment. Um, and then on the other end of the spectrum is, is therapy that I do, which is talk therapy where you go in, you kind of talk about your life. Maybe you're going to be talking about trauma. Maybe it's anxiety, depression, whatever that topic is. Um, That first session is probably going to look just like any other session. So whenever I see a new client, I always set expectations for them. And most therapists, well, most good therapists should set expectations for their clients to give them a heads up of like, Hey, in our first session, this is what it's going to look like. This is what we're going to do. This is sort of the framework of what we're doing here, just to give you an idea of like, what do we actually do in therapy? Um, And so that's, so really that's kind of what I do in an initial session. I'll talk about 
housekeeping things like everything is confidential until you decide to hurt yourself or somebody else. Everything is just between the two of us. We'll talk about maybe a cancellation policy. Maybe we'll talk about like, if you do need to cancel, how do you get in contact with me? Mm -hmm. Um, How do you reach out to me? What are the boundaries of therapy? What are the boundaries of communication? So there's some logistical things. And then I will open it up and say, okay, well, how can I help? What's going on in your world and how can I help you? And I might ask more questions than I usually do. Um, But with new clients, sometimes we think, okay, this is a new therapist. I need to tell them my whole life story in 50 minutes so that they know what's going on. And really it takes two or three sessions, maybe more for us to really get an idea of what your life is like. So you don't, you don't ever have to feel like, oh my God, here's, you know, birth until now, what my life has been like. Um, You'll have a therapist to be able to guide you through and ask you questions. Okay. What is happening for you? How can I help? And where do you want to go? Where do you want to, where do you want to be? So one, one thing I want to make sure people understand too, and Kelsey, I'm, we haven't talked about this in advance, but I'm sure you've had this experience. Not every patient clicks with every therapist. Right. So I have, when we first moved here, um, I went to a therapist that was not a fit for me. I'm sure she was lovely. She has a very big practice. I did could not let my guard down with her. There was something about her personality and mine that I could tell we did have three sessions, but I could feel it in the very first session that there was just a clash there. So when that happens and when that has happened to you, should someone feel bad about that? Like how should they handle that with the therapist? Yeah. Uh, first don't feel bad. Finding a therapist is like dating. I mean, you kind of have to feel them out. Sometimes you go on one date and you're like, uh, no, it's not, it's not gonna happen. And sometimes maybe it takes a couple dates, it takes a couple sessions for us to really figure out like, okay, is this going to work or not? Um, I think for a lot of clients who don't jive with their therapist, because there's sort of this power dynamic at play, right? When we think of our therapist, we think, oh my gosh, therapists, they know everything. And oh, we kind of elevate them up on this pedestal. It's really difficult for us to, to have a confrontational or possibly confrontational discussion around, Hey, this isn't working for me. Mm-hmm. And so that's, it kind of takes a little bit of bravery from you, the client to be able to say, Hey, this isn't working for me. And at the same time, your therapist, if they're a seasoned therapist, if they're a good therapist, if they know what they're doing, they're going to check in with you. They're going to check in and say, how do you feel about our work together? In the very first session, I will kind of check in with that first or with that initial client, that new client and say, hey, do you think this is a good fit? Um, Do you want to work with me? What is that going to look like? it kind of gives me as a therapist an opportunity then to say, yeah, I don't think that it's a good fit. Right. Because as a therapist, we're also feeling out, okay, is this client a good fit for me? Do I get excited about this client? Do I feel like I jive with this person? Or maybe is this a situation where I refer them out to somebody else or I recommend them to a colleague of mine? And they're, they're, if I would say if a therapist ever took that personally, then that's a huge red flag that that's oh, yeah. not someone they need that to you, go to therapy. Exactly. Exactly. So they need to look at that. 
Yeah. So that brings up the next point that everyone is going to ask about, um, which is how uh, not all insurance companies cover therapy, not all therapists yeah. take insurance. Um, I want to, I want you to address two things because um, I want to make sure we make the best use possible of your time since you're yeah. seeing actual clients today. <laughs> um, how does someone go about finding a qualified therapist in their area and how does someone go about paying for their therapy? What are some good options there? Yeah. Um, and, and I'll say, because Kelsey may not, my therapist is $150 an hour and that's pretty standard. So just know what you're getting into. And most people, when they start therapy, go anywhere from once a week to once a month, depending on what you can manage, but that's the kind of money that we're talking about. Yeah. It's buco bucks. And I, I am at the point in my own therapy practice where I can't even afford me. And it's yeah. wild. It's so wild that if I, I mean, I live in Seattle, we have a mortgage, we have bills to pay. It's so expensive to freaking live here. And so it's, it's just expensive. And let's first talk about how do I find a therapist? I think that might be really helpful to kind of separate that. So, um, finding a therapist is, it really is kind of like dating word of mouth. Who do you know in your life that sees a therapist do they like their therapist? What do they like about them? Um, are they part of a private practice where it's just that one therapist? Are they part of a group practice where maybe it's a bunch of therapists, like a collective, like what I'm a part of? Um, do they see a therapist at an agency that's supported by Medicaid or insurance companies? So there's a lot of different sort of organizations or structures, systems that are in place for people to find therapy. So Psychology Today has an online sort of search uh, platform where you can go in and find a therapist. You can plug in like, you know, I want to find a therapist who does this kind of therapy or I want to find a therapist who specializes in anxiety or I want to find a therapist who just takes Blue Cross Blue Shield. And so you plug in the search term, you know, the search criteria um, and you can, you know, look up a bunch of therapists and read their listings and kind of get a vibe for who they are. Therapy Den is also a really great online platform to find a therapist. If and we you... will put all these resources down in the show yeah. notes for you guys as well. Yeah. Um, Therapy Den is, uh, it's for clients who, um, might want to find a therapist who is a little bit more alternative. So I'm on Therapy Den because I work um, with kinky clients and BDSM community. Uh, little known fact, um, love me some kink. Uh, yeah. No, I said no period. Way. You no. think I'm going to cut that? I'm the yeah. editor. I'm going to do whatever I, I want. It's Pride Month, it. beach. <laughs> so yeah, Therapy Den is great if you are part of the LGBTQ community and you want to find a queer therapist, if you are kinky, if you're into BDSM, if you're like I spiritual abuse and trauma, something that's kind of like, well, you can go to Therapy Den to find like a normal therapist, or you can go to Therapy Den to find a much broader spectrum of therapists who specialize in just sort of atypical topics and issues. 
Um, and so now, that's another great resource. Would, yeah. Would there be done? So um, if you are recovering from trauma, obviously trauma mm-hmm. recovery is a specialty. Oh, so yeah. that's a great way to make sure that you're actually dealing. It's very different practice for someone that is a marriage counselor to someone that specializes yeah. in trauma therapy, which is yeah. what I went through. And there is I will say as a patient, especially with trauma therapy, and Kelsey, please feel free to correct me if I'm wrong, but as you're going down this road, I think it's really important to make some space and room in your life if you're going specifically for trauma recovery, because some things are going to get worse before they get better. And I think a lot of times people, especially when you're ready to do the work, when you have made the phone call and you are ready to do the work, try to make your life as, um, try to set those boundaries as, as wide as you can to leave lots of margin so that you can do the work. Because I found in my beginnings of trauma therapy that it became a like 30 hour a week job, not the therapy sessions, but all of the, the things and, and it it had to happen and it was so important. Um, but it can get worse before it gets better. Yeah, that's, that's really true for, I think a lot of different kinds of therapy Mm -hmm. models, right. Mm -hmm. But especially with trauma informed therapy, if you are somebody who has childhood trauma, sexual assault or abuse, you're going to be spending a lot of time trying to create and access safety within your body to be able to do the trauma work. And so there's sort of this preliminary moment in therapy of, well, we need to make sure that it's even safe for you within your body to do trauma work. And right. so we spend significant amount of time in therapy and it, it just happens to spill out of therapy. That's kind of what happens when we go to therapy. There's like a stickiness to it where we leave a session and it sticks with us. We think about it throughout the week. We kind of take our therapy session and our therapist with us when we leave. And so because of that, it is going to take time. It takes time for us to create safety in our body. It takes time for us to then dive deep into this ocean of trauma to explore, okay, what is here? What do we need to process? What do we need to heal from? And then how do we move forward? How do we do something different? And so you're and right it's, it's, yeah. it's not fast. It's not no. fast at all. No. And um, it took me two full years of regular therapy. Um, and I am still in process with all of that. So I would love for this interview to go on forever because I, I feel that there is, we are just barely scratching the surface here. But uh, to, to quote you, that's all the time we have for today. <laughs> I she wrote never that. say that. She I never that. say that. I will, <laughs> I will often just say, we are going to pause. <laughs> so Liam, do you have any parting questions? I kind of no, drove the this ship was here. incredible. This was so incredible. And I think Aww. speaking of a Venn diagram, I mean, so many people who are attached to a company and a brand that is so integral in our childhoods and our inner childs that maybe aren't fully grown just yet. I feel like there's a lot of intersectionality with that and there's a lot of mystery and shadows around therapy and it has saved my life. And I hope one person out there can think maybe I deserve a little better tomorrow because the fact is that you do. Um, so Kelsey, thank you for joining us on Unlimited Time Magic. Kelsey, Kelsey, can we put your Instagram or do you not like people following you? 
Uh, I don't like the, I won't accept them. I have a private Instagram, but, um, you guys can link my bio for self space. Um, oh, so could, could we put area. something like that? Yeah. Oh um, my yeah. God. If you're, incredible. if you're in Seattle or if you're in Washington state, um, we offer telehealth therapy sessions and you know, uh, that's incredible. what I do. So, incredible. Kelsey, Kelsey, I cannot thank you enough. Yeah, I, I understand right. that you took time out of your practice today to come and mm -hmm. talk to us. So beneficial. Um, I would like to just say, can we hold you? At, can we make you the official therapist of Unlimited yes. Time Magic? Okay, oh my good. God. I would love to come back. You guys are so, you guys are my people. I was a theater kid in high school. I, I mean, like I was in Into the Woods. I was Little Red Riding Hood. Like I just, I love, love you guys. Yeah. Well, I, I knew I knew oh, you were our kind of person, Kelsey. All right. Well, take care, girl. We will let you go. And um, just thank you again. We appreciate you so very much. That was so good. I we could have talked to her for three hours and yeah. we still wouldn't have covered. I, I really had a hard time because I knew she only had one hour to record. And so like, I was really trying to keep the train moving, but I just could have sat with so much and of that. She for so seemed much like longer. she had a great time and we loved Kelsey and girl, come back. She's the official Please. therapist. Official. Yep. Official. Yep. If you would like to follow us on Instagram, it's at unlimited time magic. Watch us on YouTube where you can see our faces with these incredible episodes. We only got two more folks. So enjoy your pride month. Uh, there's some tech. Oh, there it is. A reveal. A reveal form. And let me tell you, y'all, your support. We aren't even done with this week, and we are sharing half of our donations from last week are going to the Giraffe Foundation. We have two more days of this. Y'all, we are making so much money for this foundation. Your support on the tip jar makes better episodes for us. It sets time aside that we can make on making these episodes better. So your support is not going unnoticed. We thank you guys so much. And when we make these donations to these fantastic organizations, we are making a difference as a community. So I am just so thrilled and so excited. Um, our amazing friends on the tip jar this week is Jill, Marissa, Susan, Charles, Karen, Cindy, Elizabeth, and Ashley. Incredible. Yay! Incredible. Thanks, you guys. You're amazing. Literally. We will see you for the next two weeks. And then that's our season one, folks. So have an amazing week. Take care of yourselves. We'll see you later. We hope you enjoyed this week's episode of Unlimited Time Magic with Jen and Liam. Don't be afraid to follow us on Instagram at, at Unlimited Time Magic, where you can find links to our YouTube channel where we upload every episode where you can see our faces, and also to our tip jar. Any bit of money helps to produce better episodes for you guys. So we'll see you next week, and we'll see you on Main Street. Bye!